0: This is episode 565 of the Pixelated Sausage podcast for Wednesday, December 19th, 2018. I am your host, Marcus Nez, and today I'll be talking about some Spelunky, Battle Princess Madeline, and a handful of VR games. Not ones I've played, but ones I've watched my father play because it was a good time and I think they're worth talking about. I've I, I, played a little bit of one but mostly i was watching my father play vr which to me is still the best way to experience vr i'm sadly someone who has played vr games and i think some are pretty cool and neat but i haven't been wowed by any of them or i none of them feel like this is a brand new experience that is so special that is i don't the the way that gaming change for me say from the nes and genesis and just more simple games to something like metal gear solid where it's like oh my god this is so cinematic and the the voice acting is great the story is it's there i mean it, it's not like the first metal gear solid has, has a solid story <laughs> a solid story what a what a connoisseur of words i am but it hasn't Hit me like that. It's not like revolutionary or anything. uh, Or in the way like Grand Theft Auto 3 was. Just getting thrown into this huge 3D open world. Where you could do anything. But not that much really. Um, So yeah. VR has yet to do that for me. But. I can tell my my father really enjoys it. uh, Specifically some games. So I'll be talking about that. And. Then after that, I guess I can talk a little bit more about fairy tale, but I don't really need to because fairy tale is just the same shit. You know what fairy tale is? It's pointless. There's seemingly no point to anything. Every story arc through 47 episodes or so is rather short, and then they just move on. It's like, okay, that happened. Whatever. Maybe this character got a little bit stronger. There was a little bit of character development, but overall, I'm. Not seeing any reason to really care about anyone. When the show gets serious, I don't give any shits. And I don't know what that is because Dragon Ball, especially Dragon Ball minus the Z, can be really silly. But when it gets serious, I'm able to take it more serious. Um, And maybe that's because they have longer arcs that are more drawn out. And it's just more the the characters and everyone I find more enjoyable for the most part. There are still some really annoying characters in Dragon Ball. But yeah, that's enough fairy tale. Fairy tale is no fairy tale. It is a hairy tale. A very nasty hairy tale. I'm hairy, but this one was like real hairy. It's, it's hairier than Robin Williams. Anywho, so... I played a few hours or so of Battle Madeline, Battle Princess Madeline, which, I when I first loaded up because I, I got a code for Xbox One, and started playing. it, I'm like, this seems so familiar. I feel like I've already played this. Not because it is very much so a Ghosts and Goblins-esque game, it's like ever to a T. You you you're, you lose. Your armor when you lose health and you, know, you have your throwing your spear thing and it's just it's very like the animations the look of it it's, it's very ghost and goblins but the reason why i remember it uh, and remember playing it is because i did i got i think really early on an early build for it on pc and played around with it and enjoyed what i played and <laughs> having played more of it on Xbox One, I still enjoy it in the sense of how it feels. But in terms of level design, I think there are a lot of problems with direction and the game leading you in the down the right path and where you need to go. So there is an arcade mode and a story mode. In the arcade mode, it's more of a traditional arcade experience where they just throw you into the game. There's no real story or anything or NPCs you just go through the levels trying to get the highest score. And everything, seemingly everything that you would have unlocked or have locked and have to unlock in the story mode is already there for you, like double jump, which I'm going to get to with the story mode. So the story mode has a story. Is the story interesting? No, I, I don't care. I've I read all the text up to this point. I don't feel like there's any need to read any more of it because it's all a bunch of hoo-ha, de doo <laughs> nonsense and... Some of the NPCs are really repetitive when you go into the castle because you can do little side missions from these NPCs. There are these girls who all look the same and you go by all of them. And they're like, hey, if you kill this boss, I'm going to give you something special. They don't tell you what boss. I don't know if all of these girls who say the exact same thing are talking about different bosses. I killed one boss. and I talked to all these girls again. None of them gave me anything. So I don't know what the hell any of that crap is. I don't know if there's any way to check your side missions in the menus either, but the thing that sucks about story mode is that you don't start off with a double jump, which feels weird because I at least started with arcade mode, which is the first mode. It's arcade mode, then story mode below it. And you get to a point where clearly you need a double jump in order to progress you can't get to the next area until you have a double jump but the game doesn't really guide you towards where you need a double jump you have these like keys in your screen that will glow and i think blink if you are near a secret object or a secret door but even so it still doesn't really help you know exactly where you go because i had that thing turn on and off when I was in areas, I, I would be in an area, it would be glowing. I'd be in that same area, it would stop glowing. And I didn't know what the hell was going on with that. But the double jump is hidden somewhat in down a path that you probably wouldn't go down or even notice if you... I, I don't know how you would notice it really. I only notice it because... I was going back and forth for about maybe a half hour, and I was I was so ready to just turn off the game, stop playing, and I did a few times. I quit out, and then I'd load it up for maybe five minutes, and then I quit out. I'm like, "Screw this! I'm I'm done. I'm not gonna give it uh any more of my time." But I was getting really annoyed that I couldn't find this stupid fucking double jump because I even went on and checked Google. I was like, "Google this thing, double jump," which auto corrected to double jump, um, auto completed. And in the first review, I think, somebody mentions about the whole problem with the game and direction and really leading you where you need to go. And that one of the examples is with the double jump, which is hidden down this path that you're not really gonna know unless you just stumble across it really. And that's really annoying. Um and I don't know if there are gonna be more cases like that. I've gotten to this part where there's a waterfall and I talked to this guy in the beginning of this area who says, you know, maybe if you go to this place over here, you'll see these images and maybe all these things will correlate to how you can unlock this thing. And I I see these images. I can't interact with them. There's this like ghostly girl who has been scattered around the areas. Uh, I don't know if it's the same girl, this ghostly girl. She doesn't do anything. I can't interact with her. I can't attack her. She doesn't attack me. She says nothing. She's just there. I don't know why she seems like she may be around important places but it's just like why is she there and so I got to this waterfall and then I didn't really know where to go and that's where I'm at now I find the game to be frustrating not from a challenging standpoint it can be challenging there are some annoying uh, layouts of the levels and enemy placements that lead you to jumping across these really small platforms and if you get hit you get knocked back and you often get knocked back and not land on another platform and then fall into the water and die which is annoying because then you start over from the beginning of the the platforming jumping section Uh, so that could be annoying but really the frustration doesn't come from the enemies or or any of that but just the lack of direction and information given to the player in terms of where you have to go it's really disappointing too because i think the game from a gameplay standpoint feels really good i like the the jumping in it i you know and especially when you get the double jump in arcade mode you have it right away so that's where i first played and i was just going around and i I felt like i could just go anywhere because i think you like you just keep going to the right i'm assuming instead of having these pass some to the left, some to the right, or whatever. So I really enjoyed the arcade mode, because I had all that crap. I could unlock this super upgraded power armor that made me really strong and stuff. And that was one. But the story mode is just this example of how not, you know, I, I don't want my hand to be held, but I want there to be some kind of clear indication in... The game that tells me where I need to go if it's clear that I'm not able to go anywhere you know you have games like Dark Souls where you can go down multiple paths and the way you learn where you need to go is by the strength of enemies you'll go down this one thing like in the uh, the first Dark Souls there's that graveyard or whatever you can go in there and you can go down in the caverns and you'll be like fuck this shit this is I'm not supposed to be here yet I'm, I'm this is way too much for me right now and you go on and go the other way. So a good game, a great game, will lead you to where you need to go in one way or another. And Battle Princess Madeline just doesn't do that. In the story mode, at least, it, it doesn't do anything of, of this sort, which is too bad. You know, Occasionally, when you get close to an, eye, uh, an object of note or something, a little uh, skeleton arm will come on the screen and point you in the direction of it. I grabbed like a really nice bucket, which I don't know what the fuck it's for. I don't know if that was somebody who gave me a side mission, but I have it in my inventory. And, you know, I can check my inventory and they have all these things that I can get the name of, but they don't provide me with any information as to their uses or anything like that. So I just have this crap in my inventory that is whatever. There are coins in there, which lead me to assume I'm going to be able to upgrade stuff at some point. My spare whatever is level one. Uh, And I think my armor is, like, level one. So I'm assuming at some point I'm going to get to upgrade. But I have no idea. You'd think that that would already be in the town. I I can go into, like, this shop in town. And the shopkeeper talks to me. He tells me, like, a little bit of information. Like, don't you should always hit walls and ground and crap like that. Because there could be hidden stuff in there. There's no hidden crap in the shop. Also, I'm assuming it's a shop. Why can't I shop at the shop? I got money. What the fuck am I doing with this money? So, I... (laughs) I really, really want to like this game a lot and I think the arcade mode is solid but the story mode, which is what I would like to really focus on because I like progression systems and I'd like to be able to upgrade myself and stuff like that uh, is just leaving me so frustrated, if you can't tell. Uh, But, on top of that I started playing Spelunky for real, for the first time. And the funny thing is I I played a little bit on my Vita and on my Xbox One because it is backward compatible, the Xbox Live Arcade version. And I, for the first time ever, got to the jungle. And I just unlocked earlier today the shortcut to the jungle, which felt really good. I felt pretty good that I was able to get to the jungle three times and have everything I needed to unlock it in less than 10 deaths. I felt good with that. But the funny thing about getting into the jungle for the first time was that my achievement for finishing the prologue was from December 21st, 2012. My achievement for getting to the jungle for the first time was unlocked December 18th, 2018. Which to me, it's just funny that it was almost a year exactly since I first played Spelunky and, for whatever reason, never really played it. I don't know why I didn't get into it. Because um, I know the 360 version is, as far as I know, the only gimped version, the only version that really wasn't supported, It doesn't have daily challenges. You have that on the Vita. You definitely have that on PC. I'm I'm assuming the PS4 version has it. And... I don't know if it's on any other platforms, uh, but um, I, I'm i going to really shock everyone, and, and this is something I know people are going to be surprised by and have never heard before. Spock is really fucking good. It is such a tight, tight platformer. It feels really good, and I, I love just the little details that the game has and everything. It, it, it's a game that... I should have got in right from the start. There's no r- real reason as to why it took me this long to get into it. And I wanna I wanna commit to it. And I think I'm gonna commit to it on Vita because this is one of those rare games. A, a lot of platforms are this way that the the 360 or Xbox One controller just doesn't cut it. As much as I love that controller for precise platformers, it's usually better to have a controller with a better d-pad and a, a d-pad that's placed where the analog stick is so that because that's what you're going to be using so the DualShock 4 i would assume would be really good for it but it feels really good on the vita and it looks really good and it's got the daily challenge which is also nice it's my first time messing around with the vita in a while but uh that felt really good uh not to say it feels bad on the xbox one but it, it just is a game like a lot of platforms that I would prefer. Usually, um, it de- it really depends because I think N plus uh, the N series in general feels good with a, an analog stick. But I think that's because it's a different type of platforming. It's much more floaty with big leaps and jumps. You know, it's it's more about Adjusting yourself in midair really than having all these really tight jumps. Um, there's a lot more playing around with uh yourself in there, but um, Spelunky is really really good. And if you have an Xbox One, you know, it's backward compatible, so you can play it on there. It's also on PS4 and uh, Vita. If it was on Switch, that would I would be playing it all the time because that game would feel really good with the joy cons in handheld mode and it would look great on that screen uh, i really wish it would come to switch i'm assuming the sequel will be coming to switch i don't remember if it, i don't remember if it was announced only for ps4 at the moment there's like a console console launch exclusive for ps4 because i can't imagine it would only be on ps4 i'd be pissed i would be pissed i don't want that to happen i want it on switch because that's a perfect game for Switch. If there is ever a game that's made for Switch, Spelunky is one of them. But um, I re- I really just like all the little the details that they have, and, and the things you learn as you play through it, like the 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 pots. They can sometimes have snakes or spiders in them, and those those suck when you have them. So you can't just go around smacking them. You got to pick them up and throw them, and you know the the little things that shoot. Um, arrows out you know you can throw a rock or you can throw something or other you can pick up the mice too you or the the rats are they mice or the rats i don't know but you can pick them up they're not just there to walk around and be like hey mossy 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 you can pick them up and throw them so that an arrow can hit them and not you um and the jungle seems interesting since i'm I'm so unfamiliar with that i've seen plenty of footage from the mines and i have played through it you know about a not even a dozen times at this point but i'm much more familiar with that than the jungle i've never really paid attention to any footage from any other area i think there's like an icy area or something maybe and like a lava one i don't know all the typical stuff but spelunky is really really good and i wish the xbox version wasn't as gimped as it is because you know i want i want them achievements I still like my achievements. Uh, Speaking of achievements, the opposite of achievements, but not really the opposite, just the synonym of achievements are trophies. I was looking through my list and noticed I have five Platinums and I wanted to see what they were and what surprised me a little going off of infamous First Light, which I, I just recorded the Attack the Backlog episode for the audio for. Three of my Platinums are for Sucker Punch games. I have a Platinum in Sly 1, Sly 2, and Infamous 1. And then my other two, (laughs) one is for The Order 1886, or whatever that stupid-ass game was. I hate that game. I Platinum it because it was short, and it was an easy Platinum to get. But it's a dumb game where you just rotate objects, and it has dumb combat that doesn't feel that great, and it doesn't look that good. Is that shocking to hear? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's really muddy visuals. That you know, it, technically, it may be pretty good in terms of character models and stuff like that. But look, the, uh, going around the world and everything, it just doesn't look that great. You know, it, and I think a lot is hidden in the darkness. It's such a dark game that you can't really appreciate anything in it. Um, not to say it looks bad, but it's it's on the same level of quality as Rise. So if you think Rise doesn't hold on. like i think rise looks good uh, okay the order doesn't look terrible but i remember when people when it first came out people were like this is the most amazing game uh in terms of visuals that's ever come out no 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 no, no. but after that my other platinum is in uncharted drake's fortune or whatever the first uncharted because i beat all three of them in preparation for uncharted 4 and i i did a terrible thing to myself I beat all three games on Crushing Difficulty. Why? Because I fucking hate myself. I don't know why I did that. And I'm, at least, if nothing else, I feel like I accomplished something. It's not a good accomplishment, but I think that is something that a lot of people would not be able to deal with for the entire game. Uh, if, If you think you can, give it a go. It's not a fun experience because... The shooting already sucks in those games and then try to do it where the enemies can just take you out right away. I will I will never do the extra trophies that are for beating it on brutal and stuff. like that. I'm not you don't get a platinum for that. You don't need to do those for the platinum. But I beat all three of those on crushing and crushed a little myself doing that. And yeah, I mean I I could platinum all of those and probably four as well because i beat that i'm crushing as well uh, Where that one was super easy to beat on crushing since they had the um accessibility option of locking on which doesn't affect trophies or anything so that made the shooting much more tolerable and also made crushing way more of a breeze there were only like maybe one or two sections where that was still a bit annoying where you were thrown at a bunch of enemies or a bunch of enemies were thrown at you i don't know what the hell i'm talking about uh but yeah since i am talking about playstation i could talk about psvr because i talked about that at the top of the show so i played a little bit of roller coaster tycoon joyride which just came out and it is uh one of the roller coaster games where you build your own roller coasters and all that kind of stuff i haven't really messed around with too much other than just riding a few of the pre-built coasters in vr and my dad did as well and it was okay you know it it wasn't that special uh i didn't get any motion sickness or anything they don't have any intensity level three roller coasters pre-built and they only have maybe eight or ten Uh, pre-built coasters I wish there were more I'm not sure if it has in it a way to download user created roller coasters which if it doesn't that's really going to suck because for me I would like to dabble with the creation tools and all that but I would much rather just be able to download a bunch of crazy you know super intense coasters to experience for myself in VR and the one thing I don't know if they you can turn off is part of the uh, the experience of riding the coaster is shooting these balls in there. I guess that's like the Toy Story game or whatever from Disney World and whatnot. I don't want to do that, so I would j- I just put my controller down and would just enjoy the ride as much as I could because it was pretty boring. Um, you know, it, it doesn't really give the sensation of riding the coaster. None of the pre-built ones, at least, so. I'm going to experiment with some really crazy loop-de-loops and nonsense that isn't actually possible um, in, a, in a coaster. Not, I don't think it would be possible. Um, but uh, that was okay. Then I played a little bit more of Wipeout, and that continues to be my favorite VR experience to date, my dad's favorite VR experience. He loves that game so much because it, one, looks fan-freaking-tastic in VR. It looks so good. And it feels so good as well. It is such a tight controlling game that looks. It just it's a wonderful, wonderful VR experience. It it is my favorite by far. And the fact that, as far as I know, all of it is in VR. It's not like Gran Turismo Sport that only has the ability to uh, race against one racer and like oh these handful of cars can are VR support. The VR support in GT Sport is. Not as prominent as I would have liked or expected. I, I think Drive Club VR is a, a better package. Um, uh, but yeah, Wibud is still fan-freaking-tastic. And it's fantastic well, outside of VR. You don't need to play it in VR. It still is a fantastic experience. And then, my dad played a good amount of... Well, first... He played a very little bit of Tetris Effect and he hated it. He's like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Also, he sucks at Tetris. I I saw firsthand how bad he is at Tetris. Tetris? At Tetris. He's the worst Tetris player I've ever seen in my life. He would he just, I, I don't even know how to explain how bad he is. But he just is, it's excruciating to watch. But I think the reason why the VR wasn't that special was because I just jumped into like endless mode or something and I think it may take a while to ramp up and he never got to the point of it. He was just like, I'm done with this. I hate Tetris. There's nothing really happening. This isn't that cool. Get me out of here. And then uh, the last game he tried out was Rush VR, which is a wingsuit diving game and you're... Diving through uh, and going through these little cones, little circles um, that are the checkpoints, and he only played the first level. He failed a few times, but eventually, his last run he did win, which is really cool. But the thing I loved about that one was just how emotive he was playing that game and how vocal he was. Of all the games that he's played so far, he has been—he has never been as vocal and as just uh mobile and ridiculous as he was with that he was screaming and yelling every time he would go to dive towards one of the circles he would really get low with the headset on uh which because he had to but then whenever he'd want to pull up he would just push himself back into his chair real fast and he would lift his feet up in the air and he would start screaming it was such a joy to it was such a joy to watch for me that is the thing i love most about vr is watching my dad play it and enjoy it like that when he's playing Tetris effect and he's not enjoying i'm like oh this was a waste of money but then i put him in something like wipeout or rush vr and see how much fun he's having with it and how unique and special of an experience it is for him it's something that i still haven't had really where i'm like oh my god I'm like <laughs> if somebody watched me play vr you know any game they'd be like does this person like anything because i just i'll look around i'm like okay uh, yeah stuff's happening and it's not that i don't enjoy it but one i'm more introverted and also emotionally internal and all that kind of stuff but at the same time i'm like this is cool but what about this is like bringing something so new to the table that I it's just like I've never experienced anything like this before I'm like okay and that that's where I think hopefully Beat Saber would come in uh come in to just destroy all my wrong opinions so far um I did enjoy Rec Room when I played a little bit of that but that that again is just you know, a virtual version of games I've played. So what I what I want is something that really blows my mind. I wish I was into Rick and Morty. I kind of want to start watching Rick and Morty, which I think is on Hulu, so that if I end up finding myself enjoying the show and the comedy and all that kind of stuff, I'll pick up, because it's on sale for 15 bucks, the Rick and Morty, whatever the hell the VR game is called. Because I, I saw like a playthrough of that and thought this looks funny and fun i enjoyed the humor in that but i don't know if i need to watch the show for uh, contextual humor or anything like that uh i asked a few people and they're like you should probably watch the show if you're, if you're if you're not a fan of the show you're not watching the show it's probably not worth the the pickup but um yeah watching my dad enjoy vr is one of the most enjoyable experiences for me in gaming uh this year just in in general of all time you know it it has nothing to do with me playing like I said I just I I enjoy watching other people enjoy things whether it's gaming related or you know I, I make some art for someone and they love it that brings a smile on my face if I you know do something or make something or what have you for someone else and they like it you know that that makes me happy. If I can put a smile on someone else's face, doesn't mean I'm gonna smile. <laughs> I'll smile on the inside, but it it really makes me the happiest. I, I find much more joy bringing happiness to others than to myself. So yeah, Rush VR. I can't say that it's worth checking out and picking up, but my dad loved the shit out of it. And if you don't trust my dad's opinion. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, no, that's fine if you don't. But my dad—he's a smart man, and you should you should trust his opinion because he was a postal employee before the post office turned to shit. It went downhill after he retired. He was also drafted in the Vietnam War, and he survived. So he knows a thing or two about surviving, <laughs> which has something to do with VR. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's that's it for all the PSVR talk and whatnot. I'm excited to play some of it as well. Uh, next episode, I think I'll be talking about... I think it's called Arcus Path. I can't remember if that's exactly the title, but i excited to talk about that. And then I'll, I'll probably dabble with Tetris Effect to see what I think of it. I still have Astrobot to check out. Maybe uh, some other things as well. So that'll be exciting. Uh but other than that since I already got the fairy tale shit out of the way, nothing really comes to mind. I don't think there were there was any news that really stood out. I'm not going to look for anything cuz this has been a long show. This is a, this is a good length show. So I think that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage podcast. Once again, I am your host, Mark Krishinez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, PixelatedSausage.com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal podcast, which just put up a new episode today, and Attack the Backlog, which are all available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play. Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this podcast and Attack the Backlog, you can go over to youtube.com slash sausage. And if you'd like to check out my art, you can go over to pxsart.com. And if you see something you like, click the link. It'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and everything we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that away and as always i will now say